What's up, everybody? Today in this episode, I get to speak with Glenn Lundy, and he explains a lot of his story and what went on to build him to the person he is today. And I hope you're ready for an impactful and meaningful episode, because when we sit down, we talk about the struggles in his teen years and losing his identity or not even knowing what it is because he grew up in a blended family and eventually he was living a life that looks good, feels good, and just go out and do and how it really just broke him down. Uh, his work life ended up excelling, but his home life tanked. And eventually he became homeless. And the worst part of being homeless, he explains, is how he is just invisible. Eventually nobody saw him. He just kind of blended in with the bushes. And now his journey to where he is today, he's a huge author. Uh, he has this book, The Morning Five. And he goes through the process of just really self discovery and his main impact in today's world. So, be prepared and let's jump into this episode. Hello everyone and welcome to the Forging Life podcast. I am the host, Trey Ryder, and the Forging Life podcast is about hardships, parenting, entrepreneurship, and the struggles that we deal with every single day. We will have many interviews with special guests and you can actually see some of these interviews on YouTube. And you can even join the discussion by heading over to Facebook and typing up Forging Life Podcast and join our page. You guys, thank you so much for coming in. And I hope you enjoy season number two of the Forging Life Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Forging Life Podcast. I am your host, Trey Ryder. And today I have an amazing guest, Glenn Lundy, who is actually... Um, an amazing individual, and I say that because of how much he's endured in life. As you all know, what this Forging Life podcast is about, it's about the daily grit that we go through, those things, those challenges that really shape us into who we are on a daily basis. And this hopefully gives you just some type of nuggets of wisdom to implement into your life. So today, Glenn Lundy is an amazing individual. He's a husband of one, a father of eight, Yes, he has me beat by three, and I'm not trying to catch up. So come um, on, brother, bring it. Let's go. <laughs> and Glenn, let me tell you, he's an author of The Morning Five, which I have uh, read. And you can actually uh, have him speak about that, what The Morning Five is. It's about setting your day off in the correct way. So, not only that, he's the host of the Rising Grind Facebook morning show, airs at 5 30 Eastern that you can catch him there live. And also he is the famous host of the breakfast with champions on clubhouse, which is where we got to meet. So welcome yeah. Glenn. Hey man, I appreciate you, Trey honor, privilege, uh, excited to be here and thank you for the kind intro. <laughs> My pleasure. As I know about you, like I said, I can sit here and talk about you for days. That's not my story to tell. So I always like to bring people in and kind of let you, let them know where you started out because you're also in the automotive industry, right? And the life that you have now was not always the 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 great Glenn Lundy, the Breakfast with Champions, uh, the you know the Morning Five routine. Because I want to back it up way even before that Morning Five. 
how did you uh, actually even before how did you come across that what truly made a difference in your life as in what were some of those challenges that you endured that really molded you into who you are today yeah man uh challenges how much time we got bro how much time we got because i got i got plenty of challenges man no i grew up a very interesting and unique situation my mother was white my dad was black and uh you know when they first got together that was an interesting dynamic here in our country it was kind of frowned upon and so uh, mom was white dad was black and they got divorced when i was 11 years old and when my parents first got divorced, it was an interesting season for me as well as for them. Uh, you know, mom's single for the first time in my life. My dad was quite the, um, he was very military, he's very disciplined and very strict. And so when we were super young, uh, dad didn't play uh, when it came to us or even with my mom. And so my mom wasn't allowed to have a job. She wasn't allowed to have a driver's license, things like that. And um, so my mom broke out of that, right? They got divorced when, when uh, I was 11 and mom went off, started dating, doing her thing and getting a job and like finally living life, you know, kind of free. And, and my dad went his way. And what was interesting, Trey, is my mom remarried a white guy. My mom was white, remarried a white guy. And my dad was black and remarried a black woman. And then they moved in my mom and her new husband, my dad and his new wife moved in to the same apartment complex, Greenlaw Garden Apartments, 2600 East 7th Avenue in Flagstaff, Arizona. My mom and her new husband and me and my sister were in apartment 28. My dad and his new wife and her four kids, plus they had two more together, were in apartment 30. So two doors down, I literally had not only my divorced parents, but two completely different cultures that I was growing up in the middle of. So dad's house, the black house, had every stereotype you could think of, Trey. It was crazy over at dad's house. There was eight kids. It was loud. There was a TV in every room, sports on on every channel. We were eating fried chicken and collard greens and chitlins and drinking lots of Kool-Aid. Like every stereotype you could think of. Gospel music, Motown, like, you know, hip hop, all of that. That was the culture over at dad's house. Mom's house was quite the opposite. Mom's house was country music, rock and roll, uh, hanging out at the local bowling alley. Mom would be sitting on the couch reading a book every once in a while. Like it was completely, completely different cultures. And here I was in the middle. And the reason I share that with you is my biggest challenge when I was young is I had no idea of my identity. I had no idea where I fit in. My skin was too dark to be considered white. It was too light to be considered black. And so I became a chameleon of sorts. And as a chameleon, I was able to get along with many. I got along with uh, the Native Americans. I got along with the Hispanics. I got along with the Blacks. I got along with the Whites. I got along with everyone, but I didn't have any deep relationships with anyone. Everything was surface because I was always putting on a mask depending on what environment I was in so that I could blend, right? It was like a, a, a survival mechanism. And I just, I didn't have an identity of who I was. And so... That season of my life, not having any strong connections, not having any identity to self, ultimately led me to making some poor decisions, hanging out with the wrong crowds, getting into a lot of trouble, uh, you know, running from the police, uh, you know, all of, all of those things, giving my mom 
you know, nightmares every single night of her life. Uh, it was just, it was, it was tragic the way that I, I treated my, my mom back then. And so that was where I really started to struggle uh, was really in those teen years with those identity type things. And that led me into my 20s. Uh, I, I went to college. I met a young lady. She got pregnant right away. We broke up. And then she came back four hours later and said, um, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, I, I guess I got to get a job. So dropped out of college, started working in sales, worked for an America online call center for a little while until I saw a advertisement that said make $5,000 a month guaranteed. And it was for a car dealership. And so I got into the car business. I'm still no real clear identity, you know, of who I was. The only thing I knew, Trey, I call this the, uh, the season of my life where I was living a 2D life. Because the only thing that I knew is that if it looked good and it felt good, the answer was yes. That's all I knew. It looks good, feels good. The answer is yes. Hey, let's go out here and get drunk. Hey, does that feel good? Yeah, looks good. Yeah, my answer is yes. You want to get high? Yeah, let's do that. What that drug looks good, feels good. Come on, let's go. Chasing women, all those things, right? I was a very 2D. I was a Darwinistic person. I was a survival of the fittest type guy. Uh, I fought all the time, getting thrown in and out of jail for fighting and all types of different things. If I could get one over on you, I would get it over on you. If I could steal from you, whatever, it didn't matter, man. I would steal from you. It's your fault. It's your fault for leaving your wallet where I could get it, brother. Like you need to work on your survival of the fittest. And so that's kind of the person I was in my 20s. And I got into the auto world, did well in the auto world. I've always been a smart guy, an intelligent guy. And so I was able to make my way, make my way through the ranks in automotive. However, my life outside of automotive was crumbling. At two years old, me and that girl, uh, my daughter's mother, her and I split up. Fast forward four more years and I ended up losing custody of my daughter. She was six years old and they took her away from me because I was a freaking wild card, man. And, and her mom didn't feel like she was safe with me. So she, they took her away from me when she was six years old, uh, making poor mistakes, burning bridges. I had warrants out for my arrest, like all of these. I was just living this crazy, crazy life, man. And so one day I decided to just pack it all up. I'm like, you know what, Trey? I'm out of here right? Maybe if I run, if I run from my problems, that should solve everything, right? Everyone knows if you run from your problems, they could just go away magically. They just disappear. And so being such a bright guy, I definitely wasn't bright in that sense. So I tried running from my problems, spent some time in Vegas, spent some time in Southern California. Long story short, found myself homeless on the beaches of San Diego with no one to call, nowhere to go, burnt every bridge. No one, no one was going to give me a leg up because everybody knew that Glenn was the guy that would burn you if you gave him an opportunity. And so here I was homeless, streets of San Diego doing the same thing every day. I'd get up. They, uh, there's a bus that runs 24 hours a day out there. So I sleep on the bus, 6 a.m. bus would hit the depot, get up, get off the bus, start looking for money. I was never the person to ask for money. So I would, I would look for pennies and nickels and dimes and quarters in the streets and along the beaches. Once I got enough money, I'd go get a sausage McMuffin with egg. That way I could hit all the food groups, right? I could hit my, my dairy, my protein, all of those things. So I'd get a sausage McMuffin with egg. I'd eat that. 
And then uh, I'd spend the rest of the day looking for enough money to get back on the bus. And Trey, the worst part about homelessness is people think that you don't have anywhere to eat. You don't have anywhere to, to, to sleep, you know, like creature comforts, but that's not the worst part of homelessness. The worst part of homelessness is over time, you start to become invisible. Like people stop making eye, eye contact with you. They're afraid that you're going to mug them or that you're going to ask them for money and make them feel guilty. Nobody says your name. And so as I started to fall deeper, deeper into invisibility, where I just started to become background in this place of decadence and luxury. I mean, San Diego is incredibly beautiful, million dollar homes, people running down the beach, all smiling, holding hands. They got their kids. Everybody's fit and in shape. And here I am blending in like a bush or a palm tree or a park bench. And that invisibleness led to hopelessness as each day right? Each day just was the same. It was like Groundhog Day. And so the hopelessness, you know, basically homelessness became hopelessness. Hopelessness became depression. Depression became suicidal thoughts. Suicidal thoughts became a suicide attempt. So I decided to fulfill these stereotypes, right? They say black people in water don't mix very well. Well, I don't. I can't swim, Trey. I'm not a good swimmer at all. And I had this huge ocean and I thought, well, maybe if I swim out into the ocean far enough, I won't be able to swim back and I can put an end to this craziness. And so I did and I tried and thankfully, uh, God literally ripped me out of the ocean. I was trying to swim out while the tide was coming in and I wasn't strong enough to get out past the tide. And so I was washed up on the beach and that's when it happened, Trey. That's when I was laying there on the beach, looking at the sky, seeing the stars and the massiveness and the expanse of the universe. And I realized in that moment, Trey, I realized my problems are so small and the universe is so big. And then call it God, intuition, thought, whatever you want to call it. All of a sudden, I just had this sense and it made sense. Hey, Glenn, do you realize that in every bad situation, every negative thing that's ever happened to you, everything that you've blamed on other people, do you realize that no matter what city you were in, no matter what state you were in, no matter what environment you were in, that everything stayed the same because there was one thing constant? And it was me. I was the only person in those environments. The, the friends changed, the people changed. The only thing that was the same was me. And so it hit me like a ton of bricks. Wait a minute, wait a minute. If I'm the catalyst of all things negative in my life, maybe, just maybe, I could be the catalyst of things good in my life. Maybe there's actually a third dimension to this whole thing called life. Maybe it's not just looks good, feels good. Maybe it's looks good, feels good, and is good. Maybe I need to start looking at this a little bit different way. It's not Darwinistic survival of the fittest, but maybe there's a better way that I can actually lead myself to positive things by making a positive impact on this planet instead of a negative. And that thought process led me down this whole journey, man, this whole journey of discovery. I needed to know my identity. Who am I? And the only way to know who I was was I needed to know whose I was. Why am I here? Like, what is the purpose of my life? And so as I dove in, man, I studied Buddhism, Christianity, I studied uh, self-development, started listening to Les Brown, Eric Thomas, Jim Rohn, John Maxwell, Zig Ziglar, like all, all of them, man, Napoleon Hill, Neil Donald Walsh, all those things. And I started and I went on this journey of self-discovery and I ultimately came to realize that, wait a minute, we're not just mind and body, we're mind, body and spirit. 
And once you realize your mind, body, and spirit and the power, the ability that exists inside you, not just the ability to create a life of abundance and a life of amazing, you know, incredible, fulfilling dreams type stuff, not only do you have the ability, but you have the responsibility to do so. You have a full-on responsibility. There are people that lose if you don't win. There are people systematically in your life as you move forward that the higher you progress and the better you evolve, they're counting on you to become the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. And once I began to understand that, I started to step into this new life. If it looks good and it feels good and it is good, the answer is yes. And that transformation over the last 13 years, combining that with great mentors, great coaches, more studying, always being a student, powerful morning routines, new disciplines, new habits, that transformation has got me to where I am today, where now I'm running two successful businesses. I have eight kids. I have a beautiful wife. I've got 10 acres of land and a beautiful home with a pond in the back and five ducks and a cat and a dog. You know what I'm saying? And I get to do podcasts. I get to do shows. I get to meet great people like you. And I've traveled the world. And I've spoke on stages and all of those things. And so the lesson for everyone listening, if you're still listening, I know I've been talking for a really long time, is start figuring out what life looks like in 3D instead of 2D. And then take it one day at a time to become the best version of yourself you can possibly be. And then all freaking all restraints will be broken. You will be set free and your dreams will become your reality. You know, Glenn, thank you for sharing that. And there is so much. I'm sitting here taking down notes because I want to highlight a lot of what you said. And the very first thing that I noticed is when you got into those tragic areas of your life, felt those moments, you were in those moments, and you can hear it in your voice, your voice literally drops down. And it brings us into this, because I can feel your pain in those moments, because of how you were telling that story. And it still affects you to this day. And I appreciate your authentic self and bringing forward that information. You know, some of the, the things that you, you talked about, very first and foremost, one was um, your father being in the military. So, you know, that in itself, because I was in the military for 14 years and it can take a toll on the family. There's a lot of times that I was not there. I was not present. And even when I was present in the home, this is what I often talk about is I was not present even being, I was physically there, but I was not mentally there. And so that in itself and you being in that home, that home, I appreciate you. And even the support, no matter how, how young or how old you were, it still, it takes a toll. So thank you for even being here to tell your story. And then you got into the diversity of how your life is, you know, whether it's the, the black life or the white life or green life, doesn't matter the color. It's the fact that you said you're a chameleon. And I felt it because I was the same freaking way. I, I did not have, you know, different mothers and fathers, but I didn't know where I fit in. Right. I wore the, I wore the, the echo and the, not the fubus, but you know, the Nautica type stuff. And, you know, I would go and I would wear the surfer, the skater stuff and it being a chameleon because I could relate to everybody, but myself, I couldn't relate to myself. I never knew who I was even going through the military up until about three years ago, I did not discover who I was. And it took that pain and that, that trying time to find out who you were. And, you know, it, the one thing I did want to highlight and appreciate is the fact that no matter how hard your life is, it, some people will sit there and say, you know, there goes Glenn Lundy. He can't ever change. Look at him. He's a screw up. 
And it's proof that somebody, no matter what the background is, you have the opportunity to change your life and not just change your life. But when you realize it, you can then impact somebody else that was going through that same exact thing. And that's why, from my understanding, why is that why you started the the morning show? Um, I think you're up to, was it? 831 <laughs> episodes is that stand true 831 episodes with uh maybe one or five that i wish i could redo but yeah it's all live uh 831 live episodes and yeah you know really the um the mindset behind doing that show there was three key components one i wanted to create a space online that was safe a, a space of motivation education inspiration where there would be no politics no division no um uh, spiritual, uh, you know, spiritual battles between people, like none of that stuff. So I wanted to create a safe space. It also made sense to do a morning show every day from a marketing standpoint, because I would hit it every single day. And I would say, my name is Glenn Lundy. I'm a husband to one. And back then it was like five kids. Now I got eight or something. And I'm a father to five. And I'm the general manager at Dan Cummins Chevrolet and Buick in Paris, Kentucky, the second largest used car franchise dealership in America. It's 5.30 a.m. And I hope you're ready to rise and grind. So I'd say that every day, which was great for marketing for the dealership I was working at at the time. And then the third component, the most crucial component, is I feel compelled to reach out, use the tools that we have available to us in 2021 and beyond to reach into every far dark corner of every alley and find that person that feels invisible and let them know that they matter, they have worth, they are loved and that they are seen. And so I seek them out and seek the opportunity to say their name because sometimes that's all it takes just for somebody to hear their name and know that they have value and worth can completely impact their life. So those are the three components of why I put the, put the show together. And that stands true right there in uh, how to win friends and influence people. The most powerful thing you can say is somebody's name because that's them. And, you know, you, you do that even in your morning show. You call out those that are on Clubhouse, those that are on Instagram, those that are on Facebook, and you take the opportunity to just speak to them. That's and right. it's like, man, I, I'm seen. Just like you said, I'm heard. And in the household, when people have problems, if, if it's with the spouse or the children, go back to what we just said. It's about those kids or that spouse that is not seen, that is not heard, that is not understood, and ultimately not loved because that's how they picture it. That's how important what you speak is. And you say it numerous times about being invisible and you give that opportunity for those people. So thank you so much for that. And that is why I... Uh, I'm literally dedicating this episode before I jumped on uh, and hit the record button with Glenn. One of the stories I told him is I literally just had a phone call yesterday uh, when I saw somebody about, you know, possible ways of ending their life. And the thing is, Glenn was the same way. He thought different ways before he even walked out into that water. And when he posted that on one of my uh, Facebook posts, I, I crap you not, the day before one of my military uh, groups, we just lost another soldier due to suicide. And that next morning, I see that post and I immediately picked up the phone because you know what? His life was crap is what he says. 
And we find all the reasons to verify that our life is crap. So that way we can make it feel better that this is the correct choice. And I'll tell you from the standpoint, no matter how much pain it is, energy is within us. Energy is around us. And pain is part of that energy. Emotion is energy in motion. So when you have that pain, it, has, it doesn't disappear. It then spreads to those that are around you. No matter how much you feel that they don't love you or feel you or see you, it is spread out. So thank you for, for explaining some of this and creating that safe space. So let's talk about it. This is part of some of your morning five book that you have. Um, first and foremost, can you tell us where um, the audience can actually get a copy of this book? And two, I, we don't have to go into the full book. I just like to highlight some of the areas because it's very powerful. Yeah, man. So the uh, the morning five, five simple steps to an extraordinary life just breaks down five things that you can do every single day to tap into mind, body and spirit. So you can build a strong foundation before you go out into the storms, right? We all know the storms are coming. So if you take that time to really get your roots planted deep in who you are, your identity, the grat uh, gratitude, those types of things, then ultimately you can embrace those um, you know, embrace the day from a, from a much stronger position. So the morning five gives you five simple things that you can do every single day. You can go get that at the morning five.com. And that is the number five. Someone else owns the morning five.com. They won't sell it to me. So it's the morning number five.com. You can go to that website and you can download the book. It's free. You can read it in less than an hour. Um, there's an audible version if you'd like that's got a little bit of extra stuff on there you're welcome to get the audible version um, the audible version is three dollars i think it is but you can get the regular version for free at themorning5.com and it's important i sat there and one of the things i do is uh two times a week i actually give plasma not because i have to it's because i want to so i was able to sit there and literally go through the book during my my seating so it's something that is very important that you guys take the, the actions needed. It, it's free, 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 free. So there's nothing wrong with like for free. real free, not like tin stoffel free. <laughs> like this is for real, for real free. <laughs> exactly. Free, free, free. Yeah. And you know, what you speak about one of the areas and I love what you, how it's put together because what you do, it's kind of scientifically based. And I, I say that because of the fact that it's laid out for it to trigger your mind to be the most powerful aspect. And, it, you know, just for instance, you talk about, uh, I'm only going to get into two sections because I want yeah, you guys yeah. to literally just go support Glenn Lundy. It, it's there and go join his Facebook group because it is non-biased. I'm in there. I mean, I watched it in the morning after I, I do what he speaks about inside of his book. And it's about, one, creating that emotion, that high emotion. Uh, can, you, can you talk about, so I'm not speaking about your book. Can you talk about why it's important to have that, that emotion along with that, that gratitude, the goal setting aspect? Yeah, you, do, you, you know, when it comes to, um, especially on the goal setting side, right? People have been told all around the world that you need to write your goals. And most people have tried it, but don't stay with it. 
right? Most people do not write their goals down every single day. And I believe the reason we have a, um, you know, I, re I believe the reason why that is because I think everybody knows goals ultimately work, but for some reason, most people don't do it. Why don't they do it? They don't do it because when you just write down your goals by themselves, it can actually sometimes create a negative emotion, a negative energy, right? I wish I had more money. I wish I had a bigger house. I wish I was better looking with Denzel Washington's smile and uh, I don't know, uh, you know, The Rock's physique, whatever it is, right? We can, at that point, when we're writing down our goals that way, we can feel less than. Like who you are now is not enough. Like who you are now doesn't have value or doesn't have worth. So now we're shifting to a negative frequency instead of a positive. Nobody wants to be on a negative frequency, right? So that's why a lot of people don't write down their goals. So I believe what's important is there's a step that should be done before writing your goals. And that is writing down your gratitude. What is it that you are thankful for? I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for my financial situation. I'm thankful for my health and that I woke up today. Now we can shift and go, and it'd be nice to have a bigger house. And it'd be nice to have some more money. And I'm going to shoot for those things. And I'm going to work my tail off to go get them. But now it comes from a positive frequency where you are celebrating. And you should be celebrated. You are celebrating how far you've come. You're celebrating everything you've overcome. You're celebrating the adversities and the challenges that you did not allow to keep you down. You were knocked down, but you got back up, right? And who you are today, right now, if you woke up today, just so you know, if you woke up today, you did better off than tens of thousands of people around the planet. There were tens of thousands of people who couldn't even get out of bed today. And you were able to do that. So you should celebrate this thing called life. So that's what I believe. Start with gratitude, create an emotion, a positive emotion and energy. Now we go into our goals from a, uh, from a positive place instead of a negative. And not only will you achieve more of your goals if you look at them that way, right? They'll drive you from a, uh, from a positive res uh, induction response. Like uh, we can get into the science, but you know what I mean? It'll drive you in a positive way instead of a negative way. Dopamine hits and so on and so forth. Um, so not, not, on not only that, but you'll be fueled to continue with the behavior until it becomes easier to do than to not do because it's an emotional experience, not just, and it's a positive emotion, not just, okay, I'm going to sit down and write down my goals. Right. So that's, that's why I believe, uh, and science proves that you, you got to create that emotion in order to create momentum in order to go forward long enough to establish an actual habit where things become easier to do than to not do. Hey, come on, man. You talked about Denzel Washington and The Rock, and your full smile is definitely like <laughs> The Rock-type smile with the white, pearly teeth going on. The smile, yep, it's pretty much on point. So you got that going. Uh, well, thank and, you, sir. I paid a lot of money for these teeth, so I'm glad to see that you uh, recognize them for what they are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all got to be uh, known for something, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Man, I'm a no, firm believer in that, dude. If, there, if there's anybody out there listening, dude, if your teeth are jacked out and you don't smile, 
man, I'm the biggest advocate. My, my teeth were jacked up for a really long time. And it did. It cost me a lot of money to finally go in and get them all filled and root canals and caps and clean this up and that. Up. It, I mean, I spent a ridiculous amount of money to get to, to get it right. But golly, my life completely changed. Uh, a smile tells so much about your character and who you are, and it's contagious. And when you don't show your teeth because you're embarrassed or they don't whatever, it makes you feel small. And you're not small, man. You're 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 an amazing, you're a human being, a child of God. That's a big deal. And so I highly suggest get your teeth done. If it's bothering you, get them done. If there's something you got a scar somewhere you don't like, get it fixed. If you like just go do it. Like it's oh it go do the thing. If there's anything holding you back from stepping into your greatness then figure out a way to solve it. Uh, Cause I was held back for a really long time and now I'm not. And now I'm like, cheesing all the time. And people love it, man. People love it. And I love it. I love how I feel when I smile. So. And you should. And, and there's a lot of, once you, once again, there's a lot of science and, and health information behind it. Uh, I talked to Jenny McKinney. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's also a speaker. One of the things she, she actually talks about, she's on our uh, Fortune Life podcast facebook page as well and she does this laughing uh meditation it's like laughing for three minutes and you cannot hold yourself back once she starts it just sits in it triggers you to start busting out laughing you can't stop yourself and it's just it's amazing and so she's also a comedian and um so to for the teeth it's important maybe i have no clue where this goes ever so it's just about us talking right. is you know it, it's also known that our teeth are the health of our mouth is linked into our body and it's been linked to know that when you have issues in the mouth it can create issues in uh whatever that area of the nerve is connected it could be the liver it could be the stomach it could be the lungs and it's, it's the heart same thing so it's there's a huge science aspect to all of that of what you're talking about and yeah, i want to yeah. take a one step further you said i wish you guys this is another scientific aspect about i wish instead of i am the most powerful words you can say is i am because of the fact that whatever you say after that is what you are and when you say i wish now god the universe or everything anything else is listening to the the wish and it's only going to stay a wish because you didn't say i am and once you start embodying that, your physique, you talked about smiling. And when you, you can't smile, you're suppressing yourself. You suppress your mouth. You're going to suppress your body. And it, it all coincides. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You brought it up, man. You pointed out these You pointed out these sexy things right here, man. Look at that, dude. The lights just popping off. Look at that, man. God, for those of you that are just listening on the podcast, you are missing out, man. I'm telling you. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But he's not really. So, hey, well, you know. (laughs) So, you know, I appreciate all this authentic talk. So, when going through those struggles, you, you dealt with life. And one of the things that I couldn't help but sit there and think is the water and ultimately trying to to go out and just end your life there was a podcast episode i don't have the number but it was with blake brewer you guys may if you're listening to this right now definitely go check out the blake brewer episode and i say that because he talks about his dad he and his dad went out on this hawaii vacation and they went out into the water and 
not knowing what was going to happen. He was out there swimming. Next thing he knew, he couldn't find his dad. And I won't tell the whole story. He ended up, he was not a strong enough swimmer and he lost his dad. And his father ended up writing a legacy letter to his children, not knowing that he was going to pass that weekend. He was going to give that legacy letter to them to tell them about uplifting things. And that's what Blake Brewer does. He sits down with the fathers to be able to give you a a structure to leave these letters because you never know what's going to happen. You never know if you're going to be here tomorrow. And that's why it's important to take today and make the most of it. So um, as you've continued, you realize you start doing the personal development, Les Brown and uh, Tony Robbins and all these individual influential individuals. And are you still in the automotive industry now? I am at a different capacity. So now I consult. I work with owners and general managers of dealerships all across the country. Okay. Because you were, correct me if I'm wrong, but a general manager at one, you talked about, about starting your podcast. And I want to actually, let me step into that. You, can you tell us where you started out doing, or not the podcast, but your morning show? Because this is important. A lot of people make excuses of not doing things instead of finding excuses to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the first episode of Hashtag Rising Grind was on January 6th of 2018. Uh, I did that episode at 5.30 a.m. I think I woke up about 5.24 a.m. I still had all the sleep in my eyes, little, little boogers you get in your eyes. I still had all that going on. And I turned on, I had, uh, I had bought a, a, a light, a ring light, and I had, um, I had a ring light and I had a little webcam, you know, little HD, HD webcam. And I was up in the utility closet in my upstairs area. So we had an upstairs play area, 600 square feet. Uh, that was the kid's area slash dad's man cave. And then it became more of the kid's area and dad's man cave disappeared. And there was this little tiny utility closet that was about six feet. Um, it was about eight feet long, about four feet wide. And in that utility closet was a water heater and a little bit of storage. And so I put a desk in there, put the camera up to where the water heater was behind the, de- the, the, the camera so nobody could see it, throw up a couple pieces of sound panel on the wall so it actually looked like I was in somewhere, you know, somewhat kind of cool. And I threw this chalkboard right here, this same chalkboard. I threw this chalkboard up um, behind me. That's what I put the dates on. And I went live, man, and the lights were bright and I had no idea what I was doing. And I talked for like a whole eight minutes. It was utterly awful it was awful man but it always is when you first start something and so i did it again the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day and you know now fast forward and i've got uh you know my my big studio here and we've done 830 episodes and uh, i've got signatures on the walls of all the different people that have come through my studio and, and visited and you know, we've been able to do some pretty amazing things uh, since that first day. But I'll tell you, man, that chalkboard, the reason that chalkboard is still, you know, right there behind me is that's what reminds me every single day that, you know, it all started with a chalkboard and a webcam in a room with a water heater and, uh, and just a, a desire to impact in those three ways I spoke about, you know, earlier. And so, yeah, I challenge everybody just start, man, it gets better each time. Like, the first time's always going to suck. So you might as well do it now. (laughs) And you might as well suck while nobody's watching or listening. That's right. The 
the hardest thing is to actually hit that record button or go live or whatever it is. And, you know, you talk and then you're like depressed because nobody shows up and you have no viewers, but that's the best time. That's okay. And totally. I, I bring this up because I love the story, the water heater story. And it reminds me of me starting. And I had this coach, he's from Australia. And he said, Trey, just, just start quit making excuses and let's go. And, you know, here I am, I take my couch and it's backwards. So I have like two big boxes on top of the back of the couch. So my, my phone could even stick in approximately the right area for a sure. viewing. And that was my setup. And it, it was just like, yeah, I can either come up with those excuses and it's so easy but it's not going to get us anywhere. And that's why I love how your story can truly show people no matter where you're at, no matter what you want to do, you can find the excuse to get out and do something different. So tell us now that you've kind of molded yourself and you've truly forged forward and forged your life into who you are now. So uh, we talked about a husband and a father of eight. What else do you do? I know you, it's speaking. You said you're a consultant to many dealerships. And can you explain a little bit of other things that maybe you do? So if somebody out there is listening and says, man, I really need to follow up with Glenn Lundy or hire him or anything else. Can you tell us about what you do now? Yeah. So the biggest thing that I do is I help people change the way they start their day. Now that folds into all different aspects, right? When it comes to dealerships and I'm consulting with them, one of the first things we work on is how's the business started today? What's it look like from the moment that you turn the keys? You know, a lot of businesses say they open at 8.30, but they don't actually get rolling till about 11 after everybody eats breakfast and sits around the water cooler, and, you know, all of that good stuff, right? So there's ways, there's systems that you can put in place that change the way your business starts its day, which ultimately gets you better results on the back and get you a jump start on everybody else. Now on a personal level too, it's so important. The way we start our day is everything. That's why I wrote a book about it. It's transformative for me and hundreds of thousands of people around the world. Success leaves clues, right? So we study success. Successful people say they have solid morning routines. It's very consistent. It's a pattern. And so we are working to change the way people start their day all the way around the world in every aspect of what we do. And so to ask, what do I do now? I mean, all of it, if it's a book, then it's a book. If it's a video, it's a video. If it's social, it's social. If it's clubhouse, it's clubhouse. If it's Insta, it's Insta. If it's uh, retail, it's retail. If it's a t-shirt, it's a t-shirt. It's a planner. If it's coffee, if it's a coffee mug, if it's speaking, if it's traveling, you know, whatever it is to reach that one person, that one person who feels invisible, unknown, nobody's heard their name. They don't know that if they would just change the way they start their day, it'll make a massive impact in their life. They don't know that. Nobody's told them. Nobody's taken the time to show them how to do it. And so we have four words, Trey, four words when it comes to my company, because we get lots of opportunities, you know, lots of, lots of things. And we have four words that we build everything around. Those four words are this, rise, evolve, impact together. So I believe if people would rise with intention and purpose, they would begin to evolve into the best versions of themselves that they can possibly be. Ultimately, going out and making an impact in other people's lives. And the best part about this thing called life is we get to do it together. So when someone brings an opportunity to me, we check those boxes. We say, hey, does it help somebody rise? Is it helping people evolve? 
Is it making, helping other people make an impact? Is it something we can do together? Yeah, the answer is yes. If it doesn't fall in that box, we go, hey, the answer is no, not for right now. So what am I doing? Anything that checks those four boxes and ultimately serves the mission of changing the way people start their day. And that's an amazing quality check too, because we can sit there and say yes to so many different things and then wonder <laughs> why we're so far away from our, our calling. So um, I did write down a few questions. It's just kind of quick fire here and then we'll wrap things up. Sure. Uh, what currently scares you or what fear do you have the most right now? Uh, my biggest fear is that something would happen. I'd be gone tomorrow and my wife and kids would not be able to continue to live an impactful life the way that they are right now. So all of my kids are homeschooled. We've got a beautiful home and a beautiful life. My wife makes an impact in their lives every single day and ultimately is creating humans that are going to go out into the world and do amazing things. There's no doubt in my mind. And so right now the focus is, is you know, you always lean into your fears. And so our focus is really creating uh, an impactful legacy that will outlive me so that no matter what happens, uh, my wife and my kids will always be able to uh, continue the, the way of life and the path that they're on right now. So you are heading that face on to, to overcome those current fears and figuring out different ways. That's awesome. So maybe it's a legacy letter of your own. Who knows? Um, yeah. Anything I'm scared of, I always lean in, man, except for spiders. I'm out. <laughs> Man, I had, I had a, that was one of my biggest things. There was a, a movie that came on. It was arachnophobia. And I was like, I don't know, 10 years old. And I watched that stupid movie. And I walk outside and it's summertime. And while we're out there, I see this big old brown spider, you know, kind of walking around. And I'll say, oh man, dad, a spider. He comes over and he steps on that stupid thing. And then like thousands of little baby spiders just oh, went everywhere. No. no. <laughs> No. And since then, I just, I've been, I was weirded out. So Dude, this sucker that was, that was my, definitely one of my, that guy right there was in my house a couple of days ago. Look at the thing, dude. He was, he was <laughs> in my house just a couple of days ago. Dude, I had to go get the wife. I'm like, honey, there's a spider down there. You have to do something about that thing. That thing could carry away one of our children. Like she's like, kill it. I'm like, I ain't killing that thing. You kill that thing. <laughs> my wife and I had the same type of talk. I'll be honest with you. When I was working and still working at the post office and it, there's always spiders in the boxes or around the boxes. And thankfully for the, that job, I, I've been able to get over the fear of spiders or at oh, least man. a lot of it. So, yeah, um, <laughs> so since we talked about your, your fear and kind of what's holding you back, you talked about your family and I'd like to dive into that really quick and, what do you feel? Because you do, you travel, you were just gone this weekend. And what allows you to, to have such a tight knit family? What are you doing to make sure that you're present with them? Yeah. So everything with, um, when it comes to time, I understand that our time is short. And so too many people in this world are spending time on things and we have to be really careful with their language, right? Like you hear people say this all the time. I'm going to invest in the stock market. I'm going to invest in my business. I'm going to spend time with my family. Wait a minute. Spend is a negative. If you go spend money out of your account, what happens? Account goes down is a negative, right? So why are we, why are we investing in our businesses, investing in our finances, but we're spending time with our family. And so I invest 
my time. I invest time in my family. I invest time in each of my kids. I invest time in my wife. It's always an investment. And so when it's an investment, that just that tiny little language shift changes everything. So I'm a big, big component of time blocking. Everything goes on the calendar. Um, as far as my travel, you know, I, I, I eat dinner and breakfast with my kids 250 days a year. That's it. So I, and, but I, but I love to travel too, right? So by having it scheduled, by knowing I'm going to get 115 days a year of travel, I'm going to, I'm going to get that because it's, it's on the calendar. We're intentional about it. We're investing our time properly. So I'm able to serve both my, my nomadic nature, which needs to go out and travel the world. And then also knowing the kids and my family's going to get 250 days of, of breakfast and dinners, which is a big deal for me because I spent so many years in automotive. I didn't have breakfast or dinner with my kids ever, ever Sundays. Maybe I'd get home nine, 10 o'clock at night, microwave some food. Right. And so we set that up. So it's really just about investing the time. And by knowing, you know, a lot of people are like, well, Glenn, I'm always thinking about work. Great. Schedule what you have to get done. So then when you think about work, you can go, oh, I'm going to do that at 1030 tonight. So I don't have to think about it right now because it's on the calendar. That's the biggest thing. Social media, I have it on my calendar two times a day for 30 minutes to respond to comments. And that's it's, it. I go in there with intention. It's an investment. I'm going to invest 30 minutes in building relationships with people in my rise and grind circles and beyond. Right. And so by knowing that when I get a notification, which most of those are turned off, but if I do feel this desire to go, I squash the desire by going, oh, wait a minute, not right now. You're going to get to do that at four o'clock. Right now it's 315. You got 45 more minutes to work. Right. And so by looking at your time as an investment, really mapping it out on the calendar, you can get rid of any guilt of not focusing on your business or not focusing on your family by making sure it's on there. If you look at my calendar from 7 to uh, 8 a.m., it says eat breakfast with the kids. Like it's on my calendar. It's an investment. It's that important. It gets a ding from Google. Google tells me to eat breakfast with my family. So I highly suggest all you guys put your stuff on your calendar and make your time an investment an investment. Don't spend time, invest time. Cause my goodness, it's the most valuable currency you've got. I love it, man. That is so powerful. You, and I don't know, you said you're, uh, you were in Arizona. Where are you at now? Like state. I live in Kentucky now, Kentucky. So yeah. I was just thinking, I was like, man, we do these, uh, Friday or monthly Friday wrap ups with all the guests. I was like, if it's at seven o'clock Eastern, I guess you won't be able to come. <laughs> But at seven o'clock Eastern morning time, PM. Yeah, at seven PM. I'm with the, I'm at the house, man. I'm with the fam. Yeah. We're doing yep. dinner. We're doing all that stuff. Uh, well, so I won't I won't be able to do something like that. But unless I'm a you are always unless invited. I'm traveling. So 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 if I'm on the road, I can do those things. Well, it's it's once a month. It just for those that are certain, sitting here listening, every yeah. first Friday of the month at seven PM Eastern. You can definitely jump on, head over to our uh, Forging Life Facebook group, and you will end up seeing the event that goes live there. We do the Zoom into the, the Facebook group. Uh, you, we have up to 100 members that can join us live to come in and ask questions straight to the speakers uh, for those that were there that their episode went live that month. So um, as we were running out of time, the last question I have for you is what fires you up every day? And I understand the, the family, but... Uh, 
there's there's a different level also. So if family is obviously a deep root, and uh, well, screw it. If it's a family, explain it. What fires you up? I don't care. <laughs> the biggest thing that fires me up every day is that we live in 2021. And because we live in 2021, we are afforded luxuries like no man has ever been afforded before in their lifetime. I'm on a mission to reach people. And I know another guy that was on a mission to reach people. And this guy has this book. It's the best-selling book of all time. 3.6 billion copies have been sold. It's called The Bible. Now, the second best-selling book of all time is the Harry Potter series, right around 700 million, just to give you an idea of the difference and the impact that this book has made on this planet. So whether you're religious or not religious, I don't care, man. Success leaves clues. You got to study this book. And in this book, there's this story of this guy. And I just think about this guy, what he had to do to get an audience of 40 people, 10 people, 70 people. This guy had to pack up a donkey, fill it with water, go across the desert, walk barefoot or in sandals embrace storms embrace being like threats on his life right this guy jesus had to do all of these things face face starvation and malaria and disease all of these things just to get an audience of 30 people so he could share a message that was on his heart a message of hope that was going to be able to make an impact and by him putting in those miles by foot trudging across the deserts he was able to make an impact on my life 2020 years later incredible. So when I think about that, and then I look at here we are in 2021, I don't even have to be wearing pants right now. I am in an air conditioned facility. You have no idea what's going on right below my nipples. I could do anything like I can click a button and I can reach all these people with a message of hope. Like, wow. So that's what gets me fired up is that I was born in, in, in 1977 and I live in 2021. And so I now have technology to be able to reach 7 billion people. If I will just put in the work, the discipline, make sure everything I do is net positive, checks those boxes, right? Looks good, feels good, is good. I technically have the opportunity to reach the world and i don't even have to face malaria or starvation or uh death threats every day maybe a death threat or two but not like jesus did glenn let me just uh, highlight something because i know you have the uh i can't think of the name of it but you have different camera angles and thank you for wearing pants today because when you shot from the <laughs> side i'm just glad you didn't have a tank top on or this something is true. So. this is true well you still couldn't tell maybe i don't know can you tell? <laughs> I can see. <laughs> hey, Glenn, um, I really do appreciate you. So those that would, uh, I highly recommend, don't even take my recommendation, just go do it. But where can people actually follow up with you, uh, invest into you because they're investing into themselves. So is there any uh, programs? I, we talked about the, the Morning Five, the book, it's free, the Glenn Lundy, where can everybody go? What are some things that they can get to start their day? Yeah, of from course, you. The morning five. Morning five is super, super important. Uh, if you want to follow me on social or any of those things, just go to glennlundy.com and it will link you to our Instagram, our Facebook, our Rising Grind group. All of that stuff is uh, right there at glennlundy.com. That's the easiest way to connect. And I uh, would love, love to uh, develop a relationship and get to know you. Oh, come on, man. You didn't even announce Clubhouse, which is where we met. So 
I will do it because they, you know, I want to make sure everybody has the, the opportunity, <laughs> even if you don't actually get to speak with them in person, because there's literally, I don't know, like 2000 people there every morning listening to his messages. Uh, on Facebook, there's hundreds of people that listen. I have no clue on Instagram because I watch it on Facebook. But the thing is, you have an opportunity to hear this individual, Glenn Lundy, every single day, Monday through Friday. So Breakfast with Champions, go check it out because it's it's important to start your day off right um, and just get yourself around the positive influence of these high achievers, people like Glenn Lundy himself, that can hopefully help you to transform your life. Glenn, thank you so much for taking the opportunity to sit and share your message with the, the community and those that may be able to sit there and listen to this. Yeah, appreciate you, Trey. Thank you so much, man. This has been great. All right, you guys, as always, make the rest of your day the best of your day. Thank you for taking the time and listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying the Forging Life podcast, I ask you this. Take a moment and head over and rate this podcast. If you're listening to it on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you enjoy the most, please just take a moment so that way it will help get this episode or episodes into the ears of somebody else. And if you would like to join the discussion, make sure you head over to the Facebook page, Forging Life Podcast, and join us there.